All right. Well, grace and peace, dear friends in Christ, and welcome to our very first You Gotta Try This podcast. This um, podcast is a digital ministry of Emanuel Lutheran Church in Wadena, Minnesota, and we're recording here in September of 2021. And I'm Pastor Nate Lore, and I serve as lead pastor of Emanuel, and I'm joined today by... I'm Megan Clapp, and I am the associate pastor here at Emmanuel. Yeah, and it's uh, it's great to be in conversation with you today, Pastor Megan. Uh, so this podcast is all about encouraging people to try something new, um, to venture into a new place, um, and uh, with you know themselves and their households in the area of faith formation, or maybe it's uh, reviving a practice you once did, or you're you're doing now, but um, doing something maybe a little different for the sake of your walk with Christ. And so what are we encouraging people to try this month? What is it, Pastor Megan, that we are saying, you got to try this? You got to try mealtime faith formation. Yeah, mealtime faith formation is our topic today. And um, a little later in the program, I'm going to get a chance to uh, visit with Sarah Ross and her son, Phil, and talk with them about some of the ways that their household does faith around mealtime. And I'm looking forward to that, but it is great to be visiting with you right now, Megan. Um, so maybe a good place to start of all the topics that uh, we could have chosen for our very first podcast. Why on earth are we talking about forming faith at mealtime? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, you know, uh, when we think about faith practices and uh, the ways that we practice our faith, we think about those things often that we do um, on Sunday morning when we're in the church building. But in the rhythm of our everyday and household lives, mealtime can be a really easy entry point for us to start trying something new, um, especially if we feel a little bit nervous or intimidated by uh, trying this stuff out at home. Uh, but the reality of faith formation is that it's less about those big events that we do, although those are really nourishing to our spirituality. But the way that we form really deep faith is by those small, everyday, consistent moments and experiences. So we eat every day at least once or twice a day, right? And so if we can use that time to connect with the other folks in our household and connect more deeply with God uh, on a consistent basis, we're gonna find our, our faith growing those really deep roots. Um, and so this idea isn't just something we thought up, you and I, as we have our conversations in the office, it comes from Deuteronomy chapter six, verses seven through eight. And God has just given Moses uh, the commandments, and Moses is teaching them to his community, the Israelites. And he says, write these commandments I've given you today on your hearts, get them inside of you, and then get them inside of your children. Talk about them where you are, sitting at home, walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. So you can hear that everyday consistency that Moses is encouraging even to that first uh, community of God's people. Uh, and so mealtime, 
uh, is that uh, reflection of this instruction to talk about these things when you're sitting at home, because that's usually how we enjoy a meal together is at least a few of us uh, sitting down uh, with, with our uh, household or um, with the, the meal that we've prepared um, engaging in this time together. Yeah, I like that. I like those thoughts. Even as you um, read those familiar words, you can hear them again too in a new way and that, that uh, get these words inside of you. And that, that made me think about the way that when we eat, you know, um, there it is, you know, the food comes from out here and goes in here and, and in the same way that God's word might do that. So that's, that's really great. Um, great way of kind of framing why mealtime is a great place to start. Um, you know, something we do every day and even right. Like when we're not doing it, uh, you can't help but be mindful of that too. So you just can't escape the fact that we're always either eating or not. Um, (laughs) so yeah. Well, let's, why don't we uh, keep forging ahead and think about some practical ideas and, and I think maybe a, a good and, and a logical place to start. Let's think about households with, um, with young children, um, a household that's trying to get started around this idea of uh, mealtime faith formation. Uh, do you have some thoughts about, um, uh, you know, how, how they can jump in? How, how could a household like that get started with this kind of faith formative practice around mealtime? Sure. As a household, uh, my household has young children. And so um, we can keep it simple and we can keep it short. Uh, and one of the things uh, is to create or uh, find a family prayer that you like to use. So um, my family uses one from my childhood that I learned at the dinner table growing up, and we still use it now at my house today. Um, and we also use that very classic Come Lord Jesus prayer that a lot of families use. It's got that nice rhythm. It's easy for kids to pick up and remember, and it's short. So you can start by just at whatever meal you're gathered together for, whether it's breakfast or lunch or dinner, um, or even the after-school snack time, right? That really important post-daycare, before-dinner time. Uh, That could be a great time to just pray over that food. Um, The other thing that you can try, if you've got maybe uh, elementary age kids who have a little bit longer attention span, but this even works with younger kids too, is to go around during your meal at the beginning of the meal when everyone's more focused and share the best part of your day and the worst part of your day. And even my three-year-old loves to ask everybody the question. He'll go around and say, mom, what was the best part of your day? And that's his job. uh, But then he sits and listens too. Uh, so those are great ways to start connecting around um, around that mealtime for young young families, young kids, households with with those littles in them. Yeah, I like that. A couple of things that really stood out to me there that that's an interesting thought to think about that first, you know, uh, really important snack of the day. You know, and we're uh, many times with our kids, they're famished, you know, right? Like, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and maybe getting a little hangry, you know, and that pause before a snack and what a great moment that could be. And um, yeah, and then I think even too, um, 
that's so wonderful to hear that, uh, um, you know, that, uh, you know, Milo is, uh, is becoming uh, a, a listener in that too, right? Like his, his job is to ask the question and pay attention that it's, it's certainly about an opportunity to express and give thanks to God, but to be attentive to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great skill to learn. Um, and I think that's a way in which we embody the image of God as well. And yeah. so that's, that's some really cool stuff that you can even begin to do that in those very formative um, uh, and early years of life. Um, I like that. I like that. Um, so I've, I've got a household with older children, mm-hmm. uh, teenagers, um, and, and we've been doing some meal practices, of course, uh, for many years, but I'd be interested to hear some of your thoughts about, um, what this might look like with, um, older children, like say in, in those teenage years or tween, tween types of years. Yeah. So first, uh, you know, I know because of our, uh, our work together that your family does have a really robust tradition around your table. But um, if you're listening today and you're like, gosh, my kids are those tweens and teens and we haven't ever done anything like this. um, It's never too late to start these kinds of practices. You know, there it's never too late. So um, you can start with those same things that I just talked about. Another thing you can do that, uh, Pastor Nate, I know your family does, uh, maybe in a, in a little different way, but so you can go around, you can share those best parts of the day, the worst parts of your day, and then have your family members, your household members pray for one another. So maybe, uh, you have each, uh, household member takes a day. So Monday it's Pastor Nate's day. And so, uh, well, you're not Pastor Nate at home, but it's, uh, it's dad's turn to pray. (laughs) And so, uh, dad prays on Mondays and then, uh, oldest, uh, child prays on Tuesdays or however your family sets it up. Right. It's that growing into that listening and responding and, and, um, then sharing those concerns or giving thanks, uh, for those great things, uh, to God. So that's one, one spot. Um, And then uh, I came across this idea that I thought was really interesting. Um, Have uh, that time when you're listening to your family, your household members share those highs and those lows um, to uh, take the opportunity instead of lecturing about um, a current event topic or something that came up that day for them, ask them more questions about it. You know, how did that make you feel? Or what do you wish you had done differently? Um, Things like that uh, to help connect them uh, in different ways to themselves and their community. And then again, instead of that lecture say, you know, I remember when I experienced something similar and this is how my faith helped me figure that out. Um, So, in, of course, in age-appropriate ways, uh, but your teens and your, your preteens, uh, they are, are longing for that connection with you uh, without the, um, the lecture, uh, right? And it can be hard. It's a practice. We'll mess it up. But 
um, it's a it's a really powerful way I think we can connect with our young people in our households in meaningful ways. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. In fact, that, that makes me think about um, a couple of things, um, a new idea just from, from visiting with you. Like, wouldn't that be interesting if parents set a rule for themselves, even if it was once or twice a week, that you're, you're only able to do one of two things in conversation with your teenagers around that meal. And one is ask questions for, mm. you know, for clarity and to you know, further the conversation, T tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. Or like, like you said, how does, how did that make you feel? Or so like, you can either ask questions or uh, do that kind of affirming uh, active listening, like, oh yeah. So you're saying that you, you were feeling like this when somebody talked, wow, that's, is that, is that, am I hearing you right? Is that what that was like? You know? So yeah, that's a would be a tricky discipline to do because the temptation <laughs> is always, well, when I was your age, you know, and, and um, mm -hmm. that would be a really interesting discipline and worth trying. Um, I, I've also been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, often when we finally get to the dinner table, um, we're usually in a hurry. Um, yeah. And we eat quickly. And so, so some of what you're talking about, we postponed to bedtime, but that's a topic for yep. another podcast. But, um, um, you know, it made me think about sometimes there's a, a niche of time around meal preparation and uh, to think about maybe some, some practices around meal prep, you know, um, inviting, inviting one of my children to do meal prep with me and maybe you know, having a prayer posted that just talks about blessing, blessing our hands as we prepare this food or, uh, and then maybe, again, some opportunity for conversation during meal prep with maybe some of those same real rules too, but. Yeah, um, that's a great idea. Uh, because that is a time of, you know, we find ourselves kind of gathering in that common space. So yeah, I think that's a great point that the meal might be kind of rushed because everyone's running in a hundred different directions, but maybe that prep meal prep time is an opportunity for some of those deeper conversations. And again, you know, even that simple act of praying together before your meal, um, no matter how old your, the kids in your household are, can be just as effective as, as some of those larger conversations. Yeah. I think that's a fair point, you know, of saying, you know, like we don't want this podcast to make people feel like I'm horribly inadequate. I can never do any of that. Right. But even if, if you committed to praying at every single meal and then, you know, uh, Rich Melheim talks a lot about in, in these um, check-in kinds of practices when uh, you mentioned earlier sharing highs and lows or I mean, mm -hmm. best part of the day, worst part of the day. It, it, one important practice is that we, that we never, uh, judge a person's high or a low, yeah. you know, yeah. if, like if they articulate a low and you go, I don't know what you have to complain about. There's 20 kids that have it worse than you. Um, you basically shut down that conversation. So, mm -hmm. you know, as mm -hmm. people are endeavoring to try this kind of thing, and I would say it's important with whatever age your kids are, but I think it's especially um, true with teenagers. The one moment they open up to you, if you shut them down by telling them how ridiculous their high or their low is, um, that may be it. Yeah. <laughs> you might, yeah. You might, they might open up to you next year. So 
tread tread very carefully. And I say that as a person who need like I need to hear that reminder too. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're living that <laughs> yeah, for sure with your and, house full and, of teenagers. And you, and you know what? If, if you make a mistake like that, the only way out of it really is to be brutally honest with with your kids and just say, you know what, I screwed up. I mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said it that way, and I uh, that's not who I want to be on my best day, but. Here, I, I just shut down the whole conversation and I, you know, give me another chance. I'll, yeah. I'll work harder next time. So anyway. And that's a great faith building uh, thing too, as we think about um, uh, our confession and forgiveness tradition in our church. But that, you know, uh, if we can model that, I'm sorry, I want to try harder next time. How can I make this better the next time? Um, that's modeling that great, uh, relationship that's reflected, uh, with God too, about, uh, repentance and confession and, and saying, all right, I'm going to move in a new direction. So that's great modeling too, when we, when we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's think a little bit about, um, households, uh, without children. Yeah. Um, so whether that's because uh, a household never, never had children or their children have, have aged out, um, so what, what, what might be some practices, uh, around mealtime for those households? Yeah. Um, this is a great, uh, great question because yeah, these practices are not just for households with children. Um, these are great practices for, for all of us to be, um, embracing. So again, those simple things like um, a regular prayer, maybe you and your spouse or your partner take turns offering a prayer, or you also adopt the come Lord Jesus or some other uh, shared prayer that you can say together um, before your meal. Um, When I was, uh, when my husband and I were first married, one of the things that we really liked to do um, and we've often talked about returning to, um, is during those meal times, um, sharing those highs and lows again, right. A really easy practice to connect with one another, but then taking that another step further and, um, maybe reading some scripture together, or if there's a devotional, a daily devotional that you both enjoy, um, reading that during your meal time. And then sharing together about where you see God in the midst of that junky thing that happened at work or that great thing that happened while you were out running errands or um, whatever your day held. Where did God show up? Um, that's uh, really, or what is God calling you to do next? You know, uh, you experience something and you're like, hey, I'd really like to help uh, with the food shelf or, or whatever it is that you've, um, you know, where God is calling you in your life to serve. Um, those are some great opportunities to, in that normal conversation of connection over whether it's meal prep or eating together or, um, that meal time, it's a great opportunity for those kinds of conversations together. Um, and then of course, praying for those things, uh, together at the end. That's something that really um, can be a powerful experience of being in this life together as a team. Um, whether it's at mealtime or at all these other times, you'll hear me say it again and again. 
that sharing of our day and praying together can really um, strengthen uh, your relationship in your household. Yeah, I like that. I think sometimes it's easy to get into um, into a rut um, with that or that mealtime is just this sort of um, hurried way, you know, of, of just getting the fuel into you and moving up, you know. Um, just hearing you talk about that it made me think about, you know, four, four households without children. It's, uh, it's a, a spouse, a couple, you know, and um, that there could be a variety of ways to get at that. I mean, some of these practices, you don't have to like adopt for forever, but it could be right. like uh, for the next 40 days, we do this or, you know, on Mondays we do this and on Tuesdays we do this. Right. And we have a rhythm mm -hmm. and there's a way of that, but I like that of, you know, there's ways of, uh, for example, if a household doesn't have children because their children have, have moved out, uh, and so they've got extended folks. So this could be true whether whether that's the case or not, but that there may be your, your prayer list, you know, like mm -hmm. it could be the time when you pray for your adult children. Um, and maybe that's what you do on a Monday or something, but, um, or just for a 40-day period, that's what we do at every meal um, or you know, those kinds of things, but that, you know, those, that regular practice of checking in with one another. Um, I like that. I mean, that's a great, a great um, spiritual practice for us. And mealtime can be a, again, back to that premise that um, we might be in different places at different times throughout the whole rest of the day. But if, if there's that one meal that we sit down together, um, that's a great time to do those pieces. Mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. A couple might find themselves out of sync. One might work a different shift or, uh, you know, so bedtime may not be a real reliable time to be together. Mealtime could be that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, how about, what, what about, um, what about single person households? Um, um, what, what, what might, what might faith formative time at, at, at meals look like in that situation? Yeah, I'm really glad that you asked this because I think sometimes um, when we start to think about these practices, folks who live uh, by themselves um, feel left out of this conversation uh, because they maybe don't have, they don't have someone who's regularly at mealtime with them. And um, it got me thinking about a process called the examine. And there's a book called Sleeping with Bread. And uh, the story goes that during the bombing raids of World War II, uh, thousands of children were orphaned and starving. And the ones who were rescued and placed in refugee camps uh, were cared for and, and uh, begun that process of healing. Uh, but they couldn't sleep at night. Those kids had a lot of trouble sleeping at night because they were scared that they were going to wake up again uh, and find themselves without care and without food. And so uh, one brilliant uh, person came up with the idea uh, to give each child a piece of bread to hold on to uh, at bedtime. And then holding on to that bread, those kids could finally find some peaceful sleep because uh, they knew they would at least have um, that bread. And it reminded them that today they ate 
and they will eat again tomorrow. And so this examine is a process of seeing, reflecting, where have I been fed today? And how might I be fed uh, again tomorrow, right? And so there's some questions that we ask ourselves in this examine. So uh, they come in pairs one, and, and you can choose any of these questions to reflect on as you're eating or as you're preparing the meal. Um, and it's uh, things like, for what moment today am I most grateful? And for what moment today am I least grateful? Um, when did I give and receive the most love today? When did I give and receive the least love today? How, how am I most aware of grace today, that provision of God? How, am I, how was I least aware of grace today? Uh, when did I have the greatest sense of belonging to myself and to others and to God? And when did I have the least sense of belonging? Um, just to get us in that same kind of reflection that our, you know, uh, household sharing highs and lows might be having around their tables. You can have this reflection between you and God in these moments of meal preparation and uh, eating that meal. And it, it puts us in a different frame of mind then as we're eating, right? Being nourished in mind, body, and spirit. Um, not just that uh, getting the calories in for the day. Um, and then of course, you can always uh, call up a friend during that meal prep time or after your meal and talk about either this examine practice or uh, share your highs and lows or uh, go through the prayer list together. Um, that's another great way too. And like you mentioned before, uh, you can take it on for a season. Maybe you've got a group of friends and uh, during the upcoming um, Thanksgiving season, you're gonna call each other and name something you're grateful for every day, or you're gonna do this examine together uh, for the next two weeks and see, see what happens. Um, it's uh, an opportunity uh, to, to be in that faith building, even in those times when we're, when we're feeling like uh, we're alone. Uh, although we know that, uh, Christ has sent us the Holy Spirit as our companion uh, to walk with us and, and be part of our lives, we can still feel pretty lonely. So um, connecting to that presence of God that's with us and then uh, perhaps reaching out to uh, those whom God has placed in our lives as friends and family uh, is a, an extension of this practice too. Yeah. I like that. I like, I like, you know, first of all, those thoughts about there, there are definitely ways to get at this time of, you know, purposeful reflection. Uh, even when we're the only human in the room, you know, being aware of a, a deeper spiritual presence that's there and that intentionality. Uh, and again, even if that's for a season, you commit to doing mm -hmm. that for the next 40 days. But also I really like, you know, of course, of course there's uh, friends, there's others in our lives but really maybe under that theme of you got to try this, um, not just seeking out somebody so that you don't eat alone, but really committing to a purposeful practice. Mm -hmm. Again, even if just for a season that says, 
let's let's make the most of this time together um, and really build and grow in relationship with one another with with our broader community and with and with uh, with God through the Holy Spirit um, I, I think that's those are some really great uh, great ideas and a lot of things to think about um, so we've we've covered a lot of a lot of ground um, today um, uh, Pastor Megan, anything else you want to add to the conversation around this idea of mealtime faith formative practices? Yes, uh, we've talked about it a little bit, but I just want to re-emphasize that um, don't stop if you end up missing a day or two uh, in your season of trying this, right? Or if you aren't doing it as much as you'd like to, right? If you uh, are feeling like every day is too much, try once a week or two or three times a week, um, right? You, uh, even if it's once a week, if you haven't been doing it before, that's a really big jump in, in your practice. So uh, don't get discouraged and don't let the fact that you aren't doing it as much as you would like to cause you to just give it up altogether, right? Uh, maybe you take on it, Take it on as a two-week challenge. See, see what comes from it. Or a month-long challenge. Um, and uh, see what grows from it. Uh, and again, it's never too late to start this with your family. Uh, if you're listening to this at the end of September, September and you think, oh, no, I missed it. No, you didn't. The opportunity is there every single time you sit down for a meal. Um, and uh, you can start again, or you can start anytime. So just some encouragement there. Uh, don't let this be a burden. Uh, let it be an opportunity. Yeah, I think that's really sage advice. These practices are made for us and for our spiritual growth, not that we were made to, to do these things. And if we fail at them, it means we're miserable people. Right. Um, and every day is a new day. Every day mm -hmm. is a new opportunity. And, and every time you commit to it, even if, even if you say, hey, we're, we're going to do this. And as a family, it, it sort of goes off the rails. You know? <laughs> That's, that just means you're, uh, you're um, human like the rest of us. And, yeah. and so that's, again, coming back to that, the great thing about these practices around meals is we can really guarantee there'll be another one in just a little bit. Yep. So. <laughs> yes, there will. Hope springs eternal when it comes to faith formation around mealtime. So, well, th thanks so much for the conversation today, Megan. Um, wonderful to, to muse about these things. And, and I'm hopeful that the people who are watching and listening are, are going to take the challenge and, and try this. Uh, what, are, what are we talking about next month? Well, uh, next month we are focusing on service and specifically about uh, some of the feeding ministries that Emmanuel is part of. So thinking about what mealtime service might look like. Oh, that sounds like a really great conversation too. So we'll look forward to that in October. Uh, for now, thanks again, Pastor Megan. Um, and I'm excited that I get to spend a little bit of time here next with Sarah Ross and her son, Phil. And so um, stay tuned for that. Coming up next. Okay, so I am joined right now by Sarah Ross and uh, her son, Phil. 
Hey guys, good to see you. Thanks for being on the, the podcast today. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to talk to you about this topic of mealtime faith formation because I understand that your family has had a tradition around prayer at mealtime that always sounded really fun to me and I wanted to hear more about it. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, either Sarah or Phil or both of you? Well, our my growing up, my mealtime prayer was very basic. We always did the God is great, God is good. Now we thank him for our food. Amen. And that was the basic prayer we said before every mealtime holiday, regular night. And the youngest was the one who always had to say it. And as time went on, it got faster and faster and faster. And sometimes the youngest didn't always want to say it. I was not the youngest, so I didn't. You know, and one of us would have to pitch in quick. And we kind of carried that tradition over when our kids were young. And so Phil, being the youngest, usually had to say the prayer, meal prayer. And then one year for Christmas, my brother and sister-in-law gave us this gift, which it's really hard to see, but it's, uh, mealtime prayer die so on on it there are six different mealtime prayers including the one that we extended traditionally version. said but it, we found out it's extended <laughs> the extended oh, version okay we we were doing the short version and it was pretty short to begin with so. yeah <laughs> so rather than one person having to say the prayer every meal and it was just kind of a chore that you had to do before the meal started, you know, you kind of just, everybody would look at the person and they just, you know, and then we'd start eating. So then we would roll the dice and depending on what you roll, you say, you say that prayer. Okay. And so and, did you, did you take turns or was it yep. still the youngest? Okay. So you nope. took turns, take turns. Yeah. You had to take turns and everybody had to have a opportunity to roll and then read it off. And quite honestly, for us, most of them were kind of new or we heard them before, but they weren't something real familiar to us. So do you want yeah. Phil to roll and read a couple? Yeah, why don't you roll it, roll it uh, Phil, and see which one know. comes up here. Let's <laughs> try to get an answer <laughs> Heavenly Father, great and good. We thank thee for our daily food. Bless us even as we pray. Guide us and keep us through this through this day. Amen. All right. How about what's the one on the opposite side of that? That's uh, come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let thy gifts be uh, to us be blessed. Not as long as yours. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean a. Uh, 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 you know, a one that, that is maybe a little more familiar to others and so some, some good variety on that. So like like how long ago was that? When when did you start doing that? Oh, we got the cube probably well over 10 years ago. Okay. So it's been a fixture in our dining room for since we got it. Mm -hmm. And uh, for as long as the kids were younger, you know, we tried to roll it every time and mix it up a little bit and right. keep it 
as the kids got older, and as you know, time went on, the queue became more of a decoration. Yeah, decoration, not a decoration, but well, it was a reminder, but it it was yeah, it was a decoration. Sure, like any it's like any faith practice, it can grow, it can serve its purpose, and and it's time for something else. But uh, just to reflect a little bit, like <clears throat> when you kind of think back on those on those ten years, what were the things that worked really well about it? What did, what did you like about it, Phil? Uh, well, just the variety and not me not having to say it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know. I finally get to listen instead of having to be at the center of attention because I don't really like that for being the youngest. And so I get to listen to other people say it instead of always everyone looking at me. Sure. So a chance to listen. And Sarah, from your perspective, what were some things that, that, that went well? When it went well, what, what, were, what were the good features of that? Well, the good features were... Because quite honestly, growing up, I knew the one prayer. I'd hear the other ones at other churches at other, like before anniversary dinners or whatever, but I never memorized them or never knew them. Or So it was good for me to hear other prayers and hear, you know, other ways of thanking God for what he's given us before a meal. And uh, yeah, like I say, it was kind of embarrassing. There was half of the ones on this cube I was not familiar with. Sure. <laughs> and, and I would imagine too the convenience that here it is it's uh it looks like a it's a, it looks like an attractive item that can live on your table and it's not like a it's not like a dice you know like from a from a game piece and no. then you got to keep the other prayers on note cards somewhere and hope they don't get lost it's all there it's just it's this one piece. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so you roll it and you get the prayer and you have it there. You just read it off because even with our short little prayers, sometimes you'd mix up the words and, you know. Sure. So, yeah, and it's actually, yeah, it looks like it's old. I mean, they made it so it looks like it's old paper, old type. And so it's kind of a, it's kind of a neat looking thing. It's very light. I mean, mm -hmm. it looks like it might be heavy. It's very light. It can roll quite well. <laughs> Keep so it on about, the table. That's one of them. How about the pitfalls? You you know, um, what what hasn't gone well, or what like if you if you had a time machine and co could go back in time when you first got that dice, anything that you'd do differently, or uh, probably slow down time <laughs> because as the kids got busier. The dining room became less of a meeting place and more of a dumping place. And so along with that, our meals kind of moved from the dining room towards the family room and the prayer cube stayed in the dining room and didn't make the trip. So if I could go back, that would be, especially for Phil, because he was young when the other two started all their activities and it would have been nice for him to have a little more time with his siblings before, you know, sure. they went off. And... Yeah. That challenge yeah, that is, been... as time marches on, how do we, how do we keep those practices alive or, 
or transition transition into something new and all of that kind of stuff. So, how about how about looking ahead? Um, um, just kind of thinking about uh, faith faith formative practices around mealtime. Um, um, do you have any any plans or uh, looking ahead? Like what 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 do you think? What's what's the new adventure at the Ross household? Phil and I were talking about that tonight and. I thought he had a, an excellent idea. Cause. Yeah, I think it'd be nice to bring it to like family events like Christmas and Thanksgiving. So that uh, like other, because all, everyone as a family, we all say the one prayer that mom say grew up growing up and that was it. So with this, we could, you know, just let other, give, let other prayers come into the, like the extended family instead of just one short little prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think there could be new life for the dice um, for sure. Um, yeah. Could become a traveling dice. Yeah. How about any, <laughs> yeah, which would be great. <laughs> and, uh, how about, how about as you think about, um, I mean, you like a lot of families with, with, uh, well, teenagers, Bill's a teenager. You've got um, several who are no longer teenagers because they grew out of, the, of being that. Um, but, you know, you think about, about mealtime and, and uh, prayers around mealtime or other faith practices around mealtime, anything you, you think you might give a try to and even like for 40 days or something like that? Yeah, we certainly could try. You know, we have a, when COVID hit, and the two older ones had to come home. We did start purposefully cooking more meals rather than piecemeal for this guy because he's going here, this for this one because she's going here, and making family meals. And I think we can continue. I even started cooking, which was <laughs> I don't cook, as my children <laughs> can tell you. But I took on the Sunday meal because it just and so I think Kevin and I have already talked about that, doing again, you know, trying to incorporate that into our lives again this winter and just being more purposeful about family mealtime with whoever's here, whether it was nice when the other two were here this winter and we could have more family cohesive meals and just continue that on now with our new normal, which is the three of us should be easy because- right you know, <laughs> one schedule. And, <laughs> yeah. and whether we, you know, it doesn't have to be at the dining room table. We just have to remember to take the time to roll the dice, Right. you know? <laughs> yeah. It could be a good practice and it, it could even be like, even if it became a seasonal practice, you know, um, always a chance to revive again, uh, pastor Megan and I kicked around some some uh, some ideas for households with um, you know all kinds of circumstances, and so maybe take a listen and check some of that out. But uh, really grateful for the the time today and and a chance for the listeners of this podcast to hear about. Um, I, I think a really <laughs> a really neat product. I mean, it's it's. Uh, um, I, yeah, I didn't quite know even what it would look like, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great. Maybe they're still on the market. I mean, yeah, it's got 
God, God blesses food, which now we take and make us kind for Jesus' sake. Amen. Just yeah. lots of different neat prayers that, you know, not everybody might be familiar with all of them. So some of them are familiar and some of them are like, hmm, never heard that. <laughs> right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me this evening. And thank you for joining us on this September 2021 podcast. Again, this is a ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Wadena, Minnesota. Join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 in our sanctuary or on Facebook. Or you can worship with us on the radio, KWAD, if you are local to Wadena at 9.30 in the morning. And we offer a 10 o'clock sanctuary service on Sundays as well. Wednesday worship happens each week at 6 p.m. in our fellowship hall, followed by education and service projects for all ages. Visit wadinaemmanuel.org for more information. We hope to catch you on the next episode when we'll visit about serving others through Emmanuel's feeding ministries. In the meantime, God bless you, my friends. <music>